All right, everybody, what's going on? It is Thursday, February 10th in the year 2021, and this is First and Goal, the hardest-hitting up-and-coming ACC-SEC football podcast on the Internet today. As always, I am your host, Ben. Delighted to see you, delighted to speak with you, and I am joined here, as always, by my co-host, the one, the only... The big clown himself, Big Rob. How the hell you doing, man? <laughs> What's going on, brother? Oh, man. Just another beautiful day. Ready to talk some ACC football. Oh, man. It is a beautiful, beautiful day. Sun was shining all day. Didn't have to worry about no rain here. Man, it was a beautiful day, wasn't it? It really was, man. And today we're going to... I think it's a beautiful day to talk about these 2021 Boston College Eagles. How about them Eagles? Yes, sir. You're talking about a beautiful day. This team here has seen every season you could think of. They had the highs of a beautiful, sunny day, beautiful summer, and the lows of a very cold, losing streak like it was winter in October. I'm telling you, man, it was it was all you could ask for in one season for these Eagles, man. Yes, sir. Absolutely, man. I mean, it just – it was a roller coaster ride all the way to the end. I mean, starting off highs of highs, month October, you just – can't buy a damn game. No, I'm telling you. And then you go into November, and it's like the roller coaster continues on a weekly basis of up, down, up, down. I mean, for a team to start out the season 4-0, and man, big hopes, and then all of a sudden it just goes in the trash can. All of a sudden. I'm telling you, man, it's crazy how that can happen in a year. But yeah, where do you want to start at on this thing, brother? I think uh, just like every good story, we start at the beginning and talk about that head coach, Jeff Hartley. Yes, sir. Jeff Harley, the second-year head coach. His first year, he had a very good season. I think they won nine games last year, if I'm not mistaken. I'm not 100% sure on that, but I believe it was nine games. Had a very great season. We were looking into year two saying, all right, he's off to a hot start. Got a lot of guys returning. He ought to be able to run away with this thing. And he started off great, and it came to a screeching halt. Yeah, let's talk about that year one, man. I mean, he... I mean, everything that you could ask from a new head coach, he'd done in that season. He turned he turned the whole atmosphere around, brought in a winning attitude with these boys, and it spilled over into the beginning of the second season. And uh, from there, I mean, you know, of course, the injury bug hit. Um, you know, a lot of things happened. But, you know, I just I really don't know what to say. Yeah, I mean, Phil Jerkovic went down with that injury and, you could say they got the wind taken out of their sails, but unlike a lot of teams, they actually had a backup who's had some pretty significant playing time. He played mm-hmm. last year, played in the bowl game, if I'm not mistaken, and won. Mm-hmm. Looked very good, and he looked very good this year at times. Yeah. But just and even even in the spring game when we watched it, we talked about that quarterback controversy brewing there in Boston. Yeah, man. I mean, because it was really a close race between the two of these. Both of them could win with this football team on any given day, but for some reason, I mean, he came in and he looked impressive to start with and almost stole the Clemson game, which was really impressive. Oh, yeah, that was a close, close game, man. I mean, you're talking about the big boy on the block, Clemson, who's won, I I can't even count them now, how many championships they've won in the last five, six years. But they played a 19-13, to Yeah, man, I mean, it's just... It's crazy. 
because they they look really good. Yeah. Even I mean, even in the loss to Clemson, you hate to say, oh, a loss. It was a good looking loss. There's no such thing as a good looking loss, but uh, it really was. Yeah. I mean, if you if you go back and look at some of these losses, Clemson, nineteen thirteen, very very close game. Uh, you're looking at the BC Louisville game. I mean, 28-14, but they kept it close up to the end. That's right. And I mean, the Florida State game, that was another nail-biter, which this year you should have never been in a nail-biter with Florida <laughs> State. But uh, it was a close one, you know. And then the one they lost to, uh, uh, let's see, no, they won that game 41-30 against Georgia Tech. That was another close game. It was a close game. I'm going to tell you what, that Georgia Tech game, that was a thing of beauty <laughs> on the offensive side. And on the defensive side, it was a disaster. You just couldn't stop them. But. And then you have these turd games like the Syracuse game losing 21-6. to Yes, sir. And Louisville put a, put a pretty good beating on, too, if I'm not mistaken. But oh, yeah, that Louisville game, man, it's uh... – Turned out pretty tragic for a man. The, the quarterback at Louisville just ran all over him. 28-14 was the final on that game. Yeah, that Malik Cunningham, he's a yeah. hell of a player. But. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. He, he's going to have a career somewhere in the NFL, but I don't think it's going to last very long because of he run, he's a run-first quarterback from what I can gather. That's right. That's right. Yeah. We'll talk more about Louisville at a later time. Let's see him. Let's stay on these uh, Eagles here and talk about this North Carolina State loss, another third game, 33-7. And I didn't get that one because they started off very well, went right down the field and scored, and the defense was holding North Carolina to start that game off. It was looking like it was going to be a hell of a ball game, and then it just the wheels came off, so to speak. <laughs> I mean, North Carolina State defense stepped up. NC State, don't get me wrong, NC State was – that was a legit football team this past yes, year. Sir. That was a very, very scary team for a lot of people. Yes, sir. That's some, that's one of the schools that could have beat anybody on any given Saturday. Absolutely, man. I, I tell you, the three surprising teams that stepped up this year, and you don't want to say it because you hate them because of what the quarterback did, but Pitts won, North Carolina State, and Wake Forest. Who would have thought those three teams would step up this year? Oh, absolutely, man, because – I had a feeling Wake Forest is going to be yeah. pretty stout. Yeah. Just seeing how they went last year, Hartman coming back, I said Wake Forest is going to be a a legit contender here. Pittsburgh, I didn't see them playing as strong as they did. And NC State, man, that just completely caught me by surprise. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, NC State was one of those that we didn't really have a spring game to really view to get a good feel for them. But, man, I mean, the first game you watched, it was just magic in the air. That's right, man. NC State had it going on. But Boston College, I was predicting BC to actually be a team to make a good, strong run for this thing. And they just, in the preseason, I mean, yeah, in the preseason, they just they looked so strong. Yes, sir. But then when they came out, it just – they hit that wall, and it's like they never really got their feet back on it the yeah. rest of the year. Yeah, absolutely. It's like they put everything on the field in the first four games, and then they decided to take the next month off. They legit went undefeated in the month of September and then winless the entire month of October. Yeah, it's like uh, once they played that Clemson game, man – 
It was like it was like they won the Super Bowl and they beat Missouri in overtime, and then all of a sudden Clemson comes in and knocks the wind out of them. Yeah, I don't get. I don't get that, man. I don't understand what happened there. I mean, Jerkovic going down now is a big deal, but at the same time, when he came back, you lost to Florida State. Yeah. So I mean, is it really just on the quarterback position? I personally. Seen a lot of very questionable things I'm not with gonna the offense. It, I'm not going to put it all on the quarterback. Even though, I mean, if you look at the stats and compare when Jerkovic was in compared to the other guy, there's a big difference. However, that offensive line is what screwed up that offense, man. Because if you watch it, either quarterback, either quarterback, they wouldn't get any time to throw no, I mean a quarterback when you're when you don't have time to get through your progressions, you don't have time to really read through anything. If you only got a second or two and you're running for your life, you don't ever really get in that comfort zone. It's hard to get in the rhythm. No, that Louisville game, for example, I don't know if you watched it or not the other day. <laughs> I don't like Louisville, <laughs> but <laughs> even though the quarterback was running all over him, when they finally got the ball. They were running so many different blitzes, man, that, that the quarterback didn't even have but maybe even a third of a second to get it off and he had somebody in his face. You, you just can't win games like that. No, it's hard to win games, but also just it's kind of frustrating because this team, they have a, they had a good bit of talent on the roster. They really had talent. The coaches were there. Everything seemed right. It's like they just can't quite get over that hump to get to the next level. And let's talk about why that is, you think. You think it is something to do with the offensive coordinator? Do you think it has something to do with the head coach? Do you think it's got something to do with the defensive coordinator? What you thinking? You know, I'm not going to – I don't want to be that guy, man. (laughs) I don't want to put no blame on no coaches. So so the rules are reversed this time. There's a – Last week I was being the cupcake. This week you're going to be the cupcake. No, I ain't ever been no damn cupcake <laughs> now. But, uh, I'm saying I hate to go out here and point fingers at one individual because, I mean, don't get me wrong, the OC leave him. He's already accepted a new job at Pittsburgh, so he's out. Yeah, taking over the same job at Pitt. I think with that being said, you do have the opportunity for a breath of fresh air, and make no mistake, this offense really did need, does need some change. It needs some life in it, a little bit of energy. And it's crazy because after 2020, I would have never thought the BC offense would be a problem because of 2020, no. they looked they looked great. No, I mean, to put up the wins that they, that they did in a COVID year in 2020 and then come back out – and at least make it to a bowl game with six wins, man. With with the, the, the rollover that you had from 2020, you would think that they should win at least eight and nine games. Yeah, I would have figured they would have at least maintained that record, maybe picked up on a little bit, adding in those out-of-conference games this year. But yeah. uh, it fell off a little bit. But, I mean, you look at the numbers here on offense. Their offense averaged 336.5 yards per game, which ranked 102nd in the nation. That's unacceptable. Very. 102 out of 130 is what you're averaging there. 
can't have that. You're averaging 165.2 yards per game rushing, which is 59th in the nation. So right there, you're a little, you're about mid-pack, maybe in the better half. But then again, out of 165.2 yards per game, I guarantee you about 70 of it each time is the quarterback. At least. And the quarterback's not a dual-threat quarterback at that. <laughs> that's, a, that's a pro-style quarterback. He reminds me of somebody like Nick Neustrap running down the field. Yeah, that's a big fella. You're actually going to love hearing this, but he actually reminds me a lot of a younger Ben Roethlisberger. I feel as far as his toughness. Toughness, got a lot of physicality, expanding some plays, and he's got about the same feet stuck in the mud speed. <laughs> but he still isn't afraid to turn it up and run it. Oh, absolutely not. There's a lot of similarities to him and Ben Roethlisberger, a absolutely. young Ben Roethlisberger. And for him to be able to shrug off the attempted tackle – Reminded me a lot of Roethlisberger, too. That's right. He definitely got a lot stronger arm, though. <laughs> he got a hell of arm. But uh, yeah. anyways, like I said, he averaged 165.2 rushing, 59th in the nation, but then your quarterback's accommodating for the larger portion of that. And that's not acceptable because just about every game you look at the running back stats, your tailback's averaging about three yards to carry in most of those games. Some of them's even less. So... That tells me right there you're not getting a very good push on the line. If your quarterback's getting more yards than your tailback, that means a lot of it's him making something out of nothing, scrambling on pass plays, or they're doing the read option, and he's able to escape and pick up some yards. But Well, not only that, too, but I did see a couple of read options where he misread the handoff. Or either he misread it or just decided to keep it himself and ended up getting messed up a little bit. Yeah, you'll have that. And there's also some times where he hands the ball to the tailback where he should have kept it. Yeah. So that can hurt your rushing stats. But you can definitely tell just by looking at quarterback's rushing stats and your tailback's rushing stats. Offensive line is not getting a great push. Not at all. Not at all. They're getting blown up. Hey, 100%. 100%. But uh, you look at this next stat here, 171.2 passing yards per game, which was 106 in the nation, 106 nationally. That's, that, to me, is unacceptable when you got a quarterback like Phil Jerkovic back there and you got a great receiver on the outside. Mm-hmm. Hell, you got several great receivers on the outside. That's not very acceptable. Not acceptable, but then again, I mean, you got to also look at the point where Jerkovic was in and the backup was in also, so... I mean, it's not all on Jerkovic, but again, your OC was your quarterback's coach. My whole thing is this backup quarterback proved time and time again last year and this year he's got arm talent. He's a very, very talented backup. This isn't like back in the day where your second string QB goes in and you say, oh, it's the end of the world. I mean, this kid had talent. This is a he was a ball. He was a player. Yeah, absolutely. So, you definitely got to pick it up passing-wise, especially I can see if this team was undefeated, you know what I'm saying, or they only lost two games. I could say, well, they dominated the running game all year, so they didn't have to throw the ball much. Now, explain the passing stats being down. Right. But when you lost as many games as they lost this year, you got to – you got to throw the ball, man. There's yeah. no way you lose that much and you have that low of a rank. Right, absolutely. Passing now, offense. Now, just for an example with that, the UMass game, 
Do you know how many yards passing did Boston College have? Do you know off the top of your head? No, I'll go ahead. I can tell you, 59. But they won that game pretty big, didn't they? 45-28, they had 160, um, let's see, 179 rushing yards. See, I can get that, though, because any time a big school plays a Division II school in a two-month game, you're not going to have very many passes. One, you're not going to be trying to risk your quarterback getting hurt. And two, you're dominating the game on the ground. If you're running the score of running the ball, why would I ever drop the pass? I can just control the clock the whole game. Now, compared to the Clemson game that they lost 19-13, they had 311 passing yards and only 46 rushes. How did they have 311 passing yards and they only had 13 points? Uh, very, very good question. I guess they got down to the end zone and either you know, lost it on a turnover or went forward on fourth down. I'm really not 100% sure. I don't add up. But uh, I just – I don't get that. you got to find a way to pick it up there in the passing offense, especially if you're trailing some of these teams. I mean, you play a school like Wake Forest, if you ain't got a gunslinger back there who can air this thing, who can air this thing out, you ain't got a chance. Oh, no, 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 no. I mean, <laughs> Wake Forest played it uh, pretty close. Uh, actually, they, they kind of kept it neutral with 236 passing yards and 177 rushing yards. That's what I'm saying, but you got to be able to – you got to be able to get those passing sets. Wake Forest is a very – this past year, they were a very – all gas, no break, so to speak, offense. They were oh, yeah. going to sling that ball downfield. They were going to move. They were going to score. It's not if, it's when. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they could score running the ball. They could score throwing the ball. Or they could keep it on a quarterback scramble and still score. That's right. So, you got to have a – you got to have some power in offense. And that was a weakness in Boston College this past year. I mean, hell, they didn't average but 24.7 points per game, which ranked 93rd in the nation of 130 schools. Right. So, again, offense is not setting you up with the best scenario here to win games. Now, is that any one person's fault? I don't know. I'm not going to go after nobody. The OC did leave. So, like I said, that showed – that opens opportunity. You get somebody in there to take over and make things a little bit fun. That's one thing I've always noticed is if you ever listen to some of the great offensive coaches of all time, they always use that word fun. Yeah. A lot. Yeah, absolutely. That's like Steve Spurrier. Hell, he, he used to have an offense that was always the running gun. And Steve Spurrier always had an offense that they called the running fun. Or the fun and gun. Yeah, or the fun and gun. I mean, Spurrier always used the word fun a lot. Yep. Oh, Lincoln Riley. Well, let's be honest, though. If you're, if you're playing the game of football, especially at this level, and you're not having fun, are you even being productive? No. No. If you're playing football, period, and you're not having fun... You don't need to be there. No, if you're just in it for the potential money, you're probably not even going to make it to get well. Let me just rephrase that. You ain't going to make it to the big leagues to make the bigger money. 
Well, you don't get to college playing football without having fun. Now, some people do lose the desire to play the game. They do lose their heart. And I get that. Some of these guys can get burned out, whatever. I could, I could see that. But if you're not having fun, it makes it a lot harder to win. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, especially if, if you're in a, a, a skilled position like a quarterback, wide receiver, running back, defensive backs, you know, you, if you're not having fun back there, chances are you're getting burnt, getting torched, you know, or just not able to, to get off anything as far as a big run or a good throw. You're not having fun. That's exactly right, man. I mean, hell, that goes back to, like, my playing days. What was the most boring, unfun day? It was always the day before the game. Shell, yep. shell day. Shells. Doing walkthroughs. I dreaded it. You either hitting somebody, you having fun. You ain't hitting nobody. It ain't, it ain't that fun no more. Mine was film day because after film day, we had to go out and we had to run for about an hour. And then shell day. I love film day. I love <laughs> I love film day until we had to go run up the mountain. <laughs> well, see, we didn't have mountains down here in South Carolina, man. You from up there in the hills up in Kentucky. But, yeah, man, we had to run. It was about a mile uphill and a mile back downhill. And it was, oh, I'm not even, <laughs> it was hell. Now, there's always some running involved with me on film days, but it's normally <laughs> me doing something I'm not supposed to be doing. or Yeah, that can happen. <laughs> Cheap shots. <laughs> but, uh, you know, especially if they ever filmed in practice. Good God, we would get, the whole team would just, it wasn't pretty. But anyways, back to this, man. You listed offense stats. It was it was rough. There was nothing pretty about those. Now you roll over to your defensive stats. Defense gave up 333 yards per game. 34th in the nation. That's pretty respectable. That is respectable. Do you listen to the passing yards per game? 162.2. Number five in the country. Amazing. Yes, sir. Number five. I mean, you couldn't ask for a better passing defense. Oh, absolutely not. Absolutely not. That was... That was top tier. And then you listen to the points per game. 22.2 points per game average. 31, 31st in the nation. Oh, yeah. Now, before I mention the rushing yards per game and I go to race the hell about that, <laughs> I want you to think about something here. The offense averaged 24 points per game. The defense averaged 22 points per game. You would think they would even out in the end. Well, I guess my defense is only allowing 22. My offense is averaging 24. And, and you know what? If it wasn't for that Wake Forest game, that would have averaged less because Wake Forest put up 41 on. Exactly. This is telltale signs of, okay, the offense couldn't hang in there. They couldn't put points on the board when the defense needed them. Yep. And this next stat is another sign of that. Uh-huh. They averaged 170, giving up 170 rushing yards per game, which was ranked 92nd in the nation, 9-2. Yeah, that's that's lower tier right there. It's lower tier, but then when you think about it, if the offense is not staying on the field, offense is going three and out, three and out, three and out, other team comes out there and they're just going to pound it down your damn throat. Yeah. Defense gets tired. 
get worn down and start giving up rushing yards. Case in point, Louisville game. In low-scoring games, the team that wins is the one who controls the clock. Therefore, the other team is going to be running the ball, trying to control the clock, so the majority of their offense will be rushing because mm-hmm. they have no respect for the B.C. offense of coming back. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, when, when you know, especially as a big guy, I play defensive line, offensive line, but when you're when you have a long drive, you come off the field exhausted and only have, I don't know, say a minute and a half to rest, well, you're going to be pissed off at those guys that you've got to go back out on that field so quick. Yeah, man, absolutely. So you're going to be frustrated with your offense because you're like, come on, man. I'm doing my part. I need you to do your part. And if the other team only scores 19 points and we lose, I'm going to be pretty upset. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Because at that point, we did our job. Absolutely. And, I mean, 13-19, field goals. Yeah. Story of field goals. I mean, think about it. Six points separates a tie game. Exactly. So, very frustrating when you look at BC from the offensive standpoint. And what's so even more frustrating is you look at some of these games from this past year, and the offense showed up. When the offense showed up, man, they showed out. They played their asses off. But it's like one week – You'd have a game plan, Jerkovic go out there, or the backup quarterback, whatever, throw 30 passes, they'll have a decent balanced rushing attack. You're like, okay, this isn't bad. They might even still lose the game, but they're still there. Right. And then you look at some of these games where they get completely smoked. Well, I did. Get it. <laughs> but, uh, but no, yeah, you're right, man. I mean, so what I you're right. Some of these games, man, they were they were real close. Oh, oh, oh okay. I remember. I'm sorry. Let me get that off saying that. Sorry about y'all. But uh, <laughs> some games you might see 30 pass steps from Jerkovic. You see a pretty equal rushing stat going on there, maybe a little less. But you notice the more they throw the ball, the more they were in the game, the closer the game was. And then you look at some games where they got blown out. I mean, just dismantled. And you look at the stats, and the quarterback only threw the ball 12, got 12 times the whole game. Mm-hmm. 12 times. That's ridiculous. Absolutely. I mean, that North Carolina State game, they had 194 passing yards, 97 rushing yards. Final score of that, 33-7. to 7. That's what I'm saying, man. You can't win games like that. I could see you wanting to have a heavy rushing attack if you actually have a successful rushing offense. But it takes a line to be able to give you back room to be able to, to maneuver around and get the yards. It, it takes a lot of things. It all starts with the line. I'll give you that. It all starts in the trenches. No doubt. But your running back has to hit the right gaps. True. Coach has to do play calling. Put you in good situational football. Smart right. football. You can't be third and seven yards to go and run an inside zone up the middle. 
especially when the defense has their backers moved up. Or the or, safety's bumped up. I mean, everybody's bumped up. You're sitting there saying, oh, man, if, well, they, if they throw it over the top here, it's going to be lethal. Speaking of that, one of the games, I can't remember which one. It might have been the, the Georgia Tech game. But it was third and long, probably third and seven, third and eight. Can you guess what play call they, uh, they called? What's that? <laughs> quarterback draw. I can justify a quarterback draw if I can justify it down. Inside zone, just hand off to the halfback straight up the middle. But with Jerkovic? Maybe. <laughs> Got a point there. But uh, <laughs> My thing is, if you see the safeties are bumped up, if you see the linebackers are stacking the box, why would you run it? Why would you? And as a quarterback. Same, I was about saying, then also that comes back on to the quarterback saying, you got to be able to read some of these things and call an audible. Absolutely. Got to be able to adjust, man. Got to be able to adjust. You know, what you do in that situation is you call a, uh, you know, a little, uh, uh, not a halfback dive, but you fake to the halfback throw over top to your tight end or something of that nature. Yeah, you can play action or you could audible into a screen. Screens always work good if they stack the box. Yeah. Slants. Quick slant route, man. Yeah. Always works great. There's several things you could do. Oh, they stack in the box, and you look out, and you can tell you got one-on-one covers with your best receiver. Hell, throw it over top. Yeah. What's the worst thing that happens? Third down. They get a pick. Okay, you throw it far enough down the field. You throw it over the top. Good if they pick it off. Still just the same as a punt. Just as good as a punt. You're right. But, but then again, you know, you got to think about it, too, and that rush being what it was and that offensive line being what it was. I mean, you're going to need a you know, quick play call. Slants would be perfect in that instance, but – I mean, you're going to have to, you know, basically snap the ball and then get it off in order to be able to avoid that rush with that line being as bad as what it was. Oh, I agree 100%. But see, another reason also, the big problem BC had here is it all comes back to really the rushing game. If they turn up the heat on me nonstop and I keep running the ball, how am I ever going to make them respect me? Yeah. you got to be able to get those quick passes. you got to throw some passes in there where they're going to back the defense up a little bit, make those linebackers back off the line a little bit. Absolutely. you got to make them respect you. Or even, even an end around. Anything. you got to do something to make the heat back off. you got to get them off your case. Yeah, absolutely. Show them, okay, keep on. Bring the heat. I'm going to run the score up on you. Yep. We'll do this all day. We're going to do it all night till we get this thing right. What I'm saying, man, is if I'm playing another team and they're constantly bringing me the heat, all right, oh, well, I'm going to push the ball down the field. We've learned that playing Madden. <laughs> I'm talking about real-life football, man. I ain't, I'm not talking about some guy. I'm not talking about some damn video game. I'm talking about real-life football, dude. Seriously. I was just giving you an example. Fucking Madden, really? <laughs> In serious football, you bring the heat, I'm fire the ball out quick. Sooner or later, they're going to have to back off. Either they're going to back it up, or I'm going to run the score out of sight. One of the two. It's that simple. Yeah. And the thing is, that's why it's called a... Here, people talk about spread offense. Right. Spread them out. You're literally going to spread the defense out. And it's also a very balance between pass and run. 
but you have enough pass plays in there where it keeps the defense spread out. It gives you space. They're not going to be able to bring heat on you constantly. If they do, they're going to instantly regret it. Point blank, period. Absolutely. Absolutely. And even a little wide receiver screen works well on that. Just boom, boom. Wide receiver screens always make me nervous. Yeah. I'm not a fan of them because you – if you have a defensive back, a very a very talented defensive back that can break on that ball, yeah, boy, you can have you picks, you can have trouble, picks serious serious three. trouble, yes sir. But I don't know. I definitely think the offense so was what held this team back, and I think it was probably a mutual parting from the OC this year. It could have been. I think it was okay. You're going to coach your alumni. Good for you. We also um, are happy for you. Please, <laughs> please take this opportunity. Please, please vacate the office. <laughs> <laughs> Here, we will help you pack up, man. <laughs> We're so happy for you. Goodness. I don't know, man. I mean, there was a lot of exciting things with this Boston College team last season. A lot of sadness with this team last season. I would have really hated to be a fanatic with this team for all the ups and downs it had, but I can't say too much with who we are. I'm about to say, man, this is the spitting <laughs> image of our damn season at Carolina. But I it imagine being an LSU fan this past year. Woo. I talk about some heartbreak, but man, I wish we could have seen BC. Play a bowl game. I hate the bowl game got canceled. Yeah, that was horrible. I feel like them in Eastern Carolina, that would have been a really, really good game. And also, we could have had a chance to see, all right, they have a few weeks to prepare. Jerkovet came in at, right at the end of the season, so he started getting in a little bit of a groove there towards the end. Would have gave you a chance to see, okay, with a few weeks to prepare, Jerkovet's back comfortable. Is this the same team we saw in the beginning of the year, or are these problems going to continue? I feel like with time, Jerkovic actually getting back into the groove, I almost feel like uh, Boston College probably would have put it on ECU, to be honest with you. But, hell, ECU was a good team, too. I think it would have been a good game, and, you know, it would have definitely been one to, to sit around the TV and watch. Absolutely, man, absolutely. I just – I never would have thought this time last year – that at the end of this season, this team here would be finishing last in the ACC Atlantic. No, I wouldn't have thought that at all. At all, I would have. I would have said somebody like Louisville or or something would have, uh, you know, would have took that place. But I don't know, man. I mean, look at the record: six and six. Say that's that's respectable. Yeah, but then it was two and six in the ACC. All of their losses came from conference play. Yeah, I mean they beat the teams they were supposed to, even beat you know one or two teams at a conference that probably should have laid the the wood on, like Missouri. But Missouri had a down season this year. But you know it. it, it I mean, if you look at this thing, all right, last year they lost. I think it was three games in the ACC. Right. All right. If you add that to this year, 
All right. Then they would have had, let's see here, three more wins. So they would have been nine and three. Yep. Yep. That's a, that's a big fall off from one, one year to the other. And I just I can't figure it out because you can say you could talk about the quarterback getting hurt, but if that's the case, why did they play so well in the Clemson game? Why did they hang in there in that one? Absolutely. I really feel like, honestly, from what I saw, that the, the Missouri, the big Missouri win, yeah, Jerkovic was already out. Yeah. So. I almost feel like it was. It, it had to be something to do with the line, man. I mean, I, forgive me for not really knowing, but you know, was there a big, big man up front that got hurt and was out for the rest of the season? That I know there was a lot of problems at the right tackle. Yeah, if you look at the film, right tackle was having issues getting beat. I don't know if that was a backup man there. I don't know if there was an injury in right tackle position. I'll have to look back into it when we get back on this team for spring football and let you know. But uh. I remember just about all the film you look at, the right tackle position was a problem. Well, right tackle, and I believe left guard was a big problem, too. Left guard was a bit of a struggle in the rushing game, but I know right tackle in the passing game gave up a lot of sacks and a lot of hits on the quarterback this year. Yeah. So, that's definitely something to look at right there. Absolutely. Absolutely. I just this Boston College team going to be exciting to watch this upcoming season. Going to be able to going to be able to look and see what this new OC can do. I'm excited to see what this defense coordinator is going to do with this defense too. They just keep improving every year. Absolutely, and this defense if you can improve a little bit more, tighten up the running game, which I believe if your offense gets to moving the ball more, a lot of people don't understand that, man. If your offense is not productive, it's going to show on the defensive stats just as much as it shows on the offensive stats. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, depth is a real thing, people. It is a very real thing. Absolutely, man. And if they get this offense fired up, it's going to help the defense out a lot, especially stopping the run game. It's going to help them tremendously. That defense gets much better. Offense approves just a little bit. You could really be looking at a 9-10 win team. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely, man. And, and I think it can be done with the, with the proper changes in, in getting you know the right personnel in. It can definitely be done. I mean, they ain't far from it. Absolutely. It's just you got to get the right personnel in there. You got a young head coach. Pretty young head coach, so that's a good thing. You got a guy that brings a lot of energy to the team with his youth, can relate with the guys, fire him up. He's done pretty good with the culture, but one thing that did concern me a little bit this year was starting the year off, man, those home games, that they was rocking pretty good. It kind of surprised me. I never knew Boston College to have a really exciting crowd and all that, but it was rocking pretty good starting the year off with. But then you get into October. <laughs> Those, those stands started looking kind of empty and getting a little quiet. I know. I know I do a lot of movie quotes. But I'm just going to hit you with one right now. After about that second, third loss, 
that crowd was going, oh, no, we suck again. Harish's <laughs> <laughs> day. Not the water boy, man. Not the water boy. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I mean, it doesn't take long for a culture to go sour. No. You've got to find a way to keep things going. So it's going to be interesting also to – luckily they did get a couple wins there at the end of the year. Absolutely. One thing that I'm concerned about, though, is a bowl game, no matter if you win or lose, but more so if you win, will do wonders with the fan base. And since this one was canceled, is that going to hurt or is that going to help your fan base? Either way, because it kind of leaves you where we're at. It's like, it leaves you hanging because now you're sitting here wondering, where are we getting better? Where are we getting worse? Were we the same team that we were in October? I mean, it leaves a lot unanswered. Right. A bowl game always caps off a year for a bowl eligible team, especially one that started off red hot. I mean, they went 4 0. Yeah. And then 2 and 6. Yeah. I mean, at 4 0, you're thinking, hey, you know, we could be in the top 10. We keep it up. We can be. We could be top five. Hell, we could be competing for a championship. And then all of a sudden, that's what I'm saying, dude. I mean, ain't pretty. It's just I'm curious to see if the fan base is gonna come back to start off 22 the way it started off 20, kind of rocking and rolling and a lot of excitement, or if you're gonna have a little bit of a hesitancy. A little oh, yeah. bit of questionable. Oh, yeah. And I'm looking forward to digging into this schedule for next year, looking at the recruits coming in, looking at the people that they're getting from the transfer portal. I'm excited to see what kind of help they're getting in. Yeah, absolutely, man, because they, they definitely lost a few guys this year. That's going to hurt them. Absolutely. And I believe that backup quarterback was a senior, so I think he's going to be gone. I think Jerkovic is coming back. But um, – yeah, Jerkovic coming back, that'll be a big... I think Jer- both Jerkovic and Flowers are coming back. Flowers, man, that's... Oh, he, he's going to be your next big name in the NFL, ball. I'm telling you. Yeah, he is a hell of a receiver. Jerkovic, Jerkovic's got a lot of NFL potential, but dude, he's got to stay healthy. Absolutely. Don't be running your quarterback 15 to 18 times a game. Especially if he's not a dual-threat quarterback. Come on, man. <laughs> what are you thinking? Come on, dude. Let's, let's not do that. It doesn't work out. But, I mean, we yeah. all seen the end of Ben Roethlisberger's career. Oh, no. Oh, no. I don't want to talk about that. Being protected by cheeseburgers only goes so far. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. I, I'm still depressed. <laughs> you should be. <laughs> but I don't know, man. You got anything else for this one? I really don't, man. I, I think we pretty much covered it the best we can. Um, like I said, I'm just excited to dig into the uh, to the preseason of this and you know see what we're working with. Uh, I think I think this could go either way. I think they could be among the leaders in the ACC, or they could go back to being a cellar dweller. It just really depends on what type of personnel they get in. That's right. They're in a very interesting position because year three, the way this is looking, 
right now is when you got to make a statement. You got to say, okay, look here. We are an elite team. We're going to play in the top tier of the ACC. We're not going to go back to that middle of the road or the back of the pack team. This is a make or break year, really. Yeah. For a culture standpoint. I'm not saying your head coach is going to be on a hot seat. No, no, no. Whatsoever. But what I am saying is there's pressure coming down from upstairs. I'm not going to say there's pressure coming from upstairs. I'm just saying this is a very high-pressure year from a culture and a recruiting standpoint. Uh, Yeah, I can agree with that. After that first year, you're just getting some good recruits in there. You're starting to have a little change in the culture. You can see it in the stadium and all going into year two. And then year two, things starting to look a little sour. Didn't go completely south, but it was definitely a fall-off. So now you got to show that it was just an off year. You got to go out there and show vast improvement. Right, absolutely. I mean, we all seen what happened with Justin Fuente and Virginia Tech. Started off red hot. Then it started falling off little by little, and next thing you know, the whole entire program was stagnant. Speaking of hot seat, have you seen the latest news with Auburn? I'm waiting, man. I'm waiting. It's, it's heating up, but it's coming. It's coming. He just got back from vacation. We're not. I'm not going to say it's coming until it happens. This is Auburn we're talking about. This. That program is unpredictable as hell. He just got back from vacation yesterday. Yesterday they received an anonymous donation for a huge sum that just so happens would equal out his buyout. Really? There ain't nothing happened yet. They also just enforced a new policy. Or not enforced, they just uh, created a new policy that is now being enforced it says that anybody on staff at the University of Auburn must cooperate 100% with any ongoing investigations. Yeah, they're looking for a reason to fire him with reason. That's right, where they don't have to pay a buyout. Yep. Just get them on out here and keep your money. Things are heating up down there. I don't know. It's, it's a real dumpster fire down there. It really is. I ain't ever going to call over a dumpster fire. That's a team that could literally win five games one year and win a natty the next. I'm not saying that the team as a whole is a dumpster fire. I'm calling that situation a dumpster fire. Not really. I hope they keep the guy. <laughs> as a Carolina fan. <laughs> Come on. What's going to happen when they get rid of this guy and Urban Meyer comes in there? That, that's, that's just great. That's just great. Well, the first thing that's going to happen is the kicker's going to have to get a restraining order. That's the first damn thing that's going to happen. After all of that happened, and I know there's, there's going to be a, a team, probably an SEC team, or even another Big Ten team that's going to bring Meyer in. But after the assault on the kicker and the way that he talked to those players in the pro ball. What about the video of him in the bar? <laughs> He's married. Yeah. And he had that other one. I said, what in the hell? Health issues, my ass. Marital issues, maybe. <laughs> Lord of mercy. Well, now, now, what's going it, on? It was, you going to leave this job or I'm going to beat your ass. <laughs> one of the two. <laughs> now, now, what's going on with Auburn's coach? Imagine getting Urban Meyer down there in the bars with all them. Uh, uh, Lord of mercy. Girls. Lord of mercy. Don't even say it. Don't even say it. <laughs> Uh, just putting that image in your head. Yeah. 
Well, all that being said, I think we're going to wrap this damn thing up. Y'all can uh, come back, check us out on Monday. We're going to be discussing the LSU Tigers. Actually, it's going to be Tuesday since Monday's the... Uh, oh, that's Monday. right. That is right. That's right. It'll be Tuesday. My apologies, everybody. It'll be Tuesday evening. Then we'll be recording. Monday be Valentine's, so I will be with the wife. Me too. Big Raw's going to be at home with his wife. She's probably going to walk in another room and just hang out by herself. <laughs> On the Sims all day. Damn. <laughs> but, <laughs> damn. But, yeah, we're going to discuss the LSU Tigers. Go Tigers. Yes, yeah, sir. This is going to be a sad one to discuss. Discussing the last year, the fall of Coach O. It's going to be a sad one, but at the same time, uh, we, we're going to be able to rip a little bit, too. Yes, sir. You got a point there. But if you ain't got anything else, man. Uh, let's let's go ahead and call it a day, brother. Yes, sir. Hey, well, we, we got a new Facebook, everybody. Y'all want to go ahead and check us out on the Facebooks. Yes, sir. First and Goal <clears throat> on Facebook. We always have our Twitter page at First and Goal. Absolutely. Feel free to shoot us a message, comment, interact in whatever way you feel like. Absolutely. And good news, everybody, too. If you would rather listen to us on Spotify, we now have a Spotify. That is correct. So, with all that being said, we uh, appreciate you tuning in. Hope you all have a great evening, and we will see you soon. Yeah, I'm going to talk. Creeper.